Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space. I'm joined by my furry co-host Slade, as well as his sister Onyx, who've been also to playful all of a sudden. So if you start to hear mumbling and grumbling in the background, it's just those two wrestling around with each other. But nonetheless, I am here and it is just days removed from Flex Fights 11, and I had the privilege of sitting cage side, calling all the preliminary fights, and even some of the main card fights this time, for Flex Fights 11. Once again, just an awesome experience, an awesome community. Um, the way, from the way everybody conducted themselves, the weigh-ins, uh, everybody's very professional this time. We didn't have any uh, kind of uh, pageantry like last time, like in February. Uh, and in addition to that, we had some really, really awesome displays of skill. Um, we, we had fighters come all the way in from Colorado. It was really awesome. A couple, a couple of fighters, fighters from Florida as well. And it was just a spectacular night of fights all around. Um, packed, packed night of fights. So, I, I believe we started with 21 scheduled and wound up with 20, which is just a spectacular amount of fights. Two Tiger Shulman's fighters competed in the card. I'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, but again, just an awesome, awesome uh, day, an awesome event as per usual. Uh, took the production to a whole another level today, or this week I should say. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do that again. But uh, just touch on the Tiger Shulman's fighters quickly before I move on. Uh, first we had Natasha Lubo from the Rockville Tiger Shulman School who fought a really, really game opponent. Uh, with just a relentless pace. I, I lost count of the amount of punches these women threw each, at each other within the first like 30 seconds of the fight. They were just, it was like rock'em, sock'em robots. It, in my opinion, it was one of the best fights of the night because no one went anywhere. <laughs> like they, they, wherever they were, they were constantly punching and kicking each other. Um, I, I was certainly not envious of the judges at the end of the fight because uh, Natasha's opponent spent a lot of time moving forward. Um, which can certainly sway judges. Um, and Natasha did spend a lot of time uh, moving back, uh, you know, to try to keep her distance away from the person who was pressing forward. So that could certainly sway judges. But again, they were going punch for punch. And then uh, and late in the third round, Natasha caught her with a, a big combination, uh, ending with a left hook that uh, tagged her opponent directly across the chin, buckled her a little bit, and the referee came in uh, for a standing eight count. So the result of the fight was a draw. Uh, two of the judges scoring the contest with two rounds for Natasha's opponent, and that last one is a 10-8 round for Natasha. The other one scored it for Natasha. So uh, just a hard-fought battle, very closely contested. Just spectacular. Spectacular fight to watch. Uh, in, on the main card, uh, we had Melissa Balick, who fights out of our Elmwood Park location, and... Uh, she came to fight, man. She had UFC uh, fighter and uh, head instructor in our Chelsea school, Lyman Good, as well as MMA veteran and head instructor in our Bay Ridge school, Nisim Levy, uh, in her corner. And Melissa was all business. Her, her opponent came out, danced into her music. Even, the, even Drew Park, the ring announcer, was dance al dancing along with Savannah, uh, Melissa's opponent. Um, it's funny, Savannah even kept dancing to Melissa's music when she came out. And uh, th there was some, some animosity here between the ladies as Savannah Graham and Melissa Ballack had fought before 
uh, Melissa winning that fight. And um, man, these two came to fight. It was a gritty, um, rough and tumble fight. Um, both ladies taking, you know, uh, being super aggressive, you know, not wanting to let the other one off the hook no matter what. Um, but again, just a super hard fought battle. But the, the performance showed Savannah, an excellent kicker, um, but not very good at boxing range. And Melissa's boxing looked spectacular. Every time Melissa got into punching range, Savannah, all Savannah could do was back up against the cage and get punched. Um, she really didn't have much she could do other than that, try to grab on Melissa to keep from getting punched. Uh, at one point, Savannah did land a, a good kick to the body that uh, you could certainly see Melissa felt it, but Melissa battled right back, um, never really taking much of a back step. And a pretty dominant performance for Melissa, uh, winning all three rounds decisively, in my opinion. Uh, and the, the judges certainly agreed. When it, she won herself the strawweight women's kickboxing title for flex fights, which was spectacular. Um, Doug, so a very good night for Tiger Shulman's in our showing there. But again, back, back to the awesome environment. Pardon me, uh, Slade and Onyx are getting into it a little bit. But um, a, a great night of fights for Tiger Shulman's. And then a great night of fights just overall. Um, we had some spectacular finishes. We had a two-second knockout uh, pretty early on in the preliminary card uh, in, in a men's MMA fight. We had a seven-second knockout in a women's fight. Some spectacular finishes, some spectacular battles, people going back and forth. Just, uh, again, as far as skill, as far as martial arts was concerned, an unbelievable night of fights. Um, I had the, uh, the opportunity at a certain point I was walking by after, uh, after doing something, and um, I saw just one of the co-owners, Nick Kenobio, was sitting at the announce desk by himself. And normally his brother Dan and uh, Dave Della Rocca does the, the commentary for the main card. So I walked up and I was like, Nick, do you want me to jump in with you? And he takes the headset off his head and hands it to me. He goes, go ahead, jump in. So I did. Uh, and then I stayed there for the rest of the main card with the other two gentlemen. And now the opportunity to call the main card fights too, which was awesome. You know, working with those guys. You know, there's always a little learning curve when you're, when you're working with somebody new who does what. And uh, Dave Della Rocca is a jiu-jitsu uh, black belt in his own right and has fought uh, quite a few times. So, um, you know, he and I both fill the role of martial arts experts. So make sure that we went back and forth about things and you know, trying to step on each other's toes. But I felt like it went very, very well. Um, but again, just a great night of fights. Uh, great, just great energy in the place as always. Again, an absolute packed venue. Uh, an excellent experience with my teammate, or rather my, my uh, broadcast partner, TJ. Again, uh, we added a, a, a female commentator with us this time, Alex. Um, just awesome, fun experience. But what I really wanted to spend the time focusing on today, I mean, I spent the first half of the episode talking about that, but I want to talk about a conversation that I was having with uh, ring announcer Drew Park later in the day. He is Flex Fights Bruce Buffer. And this guy, like I said, no one, I've said this before, I said it in the last time I talked about flex fights, no one has a better night or has a better time at the fights than Drew Park. No one's having more fun than that guy. Um, the unfortunate thing that happens is he's got a scheduling conflict for the upcoming card. So uh, my broadcast partner, TJ, will be spending his night inside the cage doing everything he can to fill the shoes of Drew Park and taking over the ring announcing. So... Uh, with that, they were having a really intense conversation about this. And, uh, you know, TJ, 
this being the first time he's doing such a thing, understandably nervous, you know, first time doing such a thing, taking on such a responsibility, because the fact of the matter is you are basically the host of the show. You know, when, when you're the center of the cage, you know, people might hear my voice on commentary, whoever else is doing the commentary, but you're watching Drew Park the whole night. If you're in the building, Drew Park is your host of the show. Uh, you know, he's conducting all the breaks and everything else. Um, he's introducing all the fighters, and he's a, a consummate professional. Not only does he dress well for the whole event, but even more importantly, he takes it very seriously. Um, he had a slight issue with his notes this time. Uh, I found out the fact or two about a couple of the fighters that I figured he would want to know post-fight, our first fight of the night. We had two gentlemen competing for the first time, both of which were military veterans, one from the Army and the other from the Navy. So I gave Drew that information as he was going into the cage. And he had a actual, an absolute spectacular moment that he coordinated um, with the uh, post-fight. And um, he, uh, after, after the fight was over, before the winner was announced, he acknowledged each of the fighters and spoke about which branch of the military they were in. The fighters faced one another, saluting. It, what a beautiful moment it was. But again, this is the level of professionalism that Drew Park holds himself to. This is the, th these are the big shoes that TJ will be filling uh, at the next card in April. So, um, I, I, understandably, he's a little nervous to do so. You know, when there's such a high standard of work that you're trying to emulate, that can certainly be an intimidating thing. And I don't blame TJ for wanting to really kill it because who wants to do anything and not do it the best they can? Especially when you're substituting in for someone who does such an unbelievable job. I digress. What they were talking about when Drew was explaining to TJ how he prepares and what his mentality is as he goes in there, and he really, um, it, was, it, was, it was a really impassioned talk. Like It was one of those things that even though they were kind of talking, I had been talking to TJ a bit earlier, uh, my attention got pulled away for a moment when I turned back, they were speaking, and I was very quickly included in the conversation. But I was so drawn in by how impassioned Drew was speaking. I'm like, well, I got to be a part of this conversation. And he was talking about the selflessness of the moment. That, you know, these fighters had trained for X amount of time. And sure, there was going to be 20, 21, 20, however many fights on the card. And he was going to ring announce for how many people. He was going to call how many people in or, you know, uh, announce the winner how many times that night. And how many times is he going to do this over the course of his career? But for these people, it's their one night. It's their one moment. It's the one match of the night they are walking out for. So they deserve his absolute best. And he was talking about some of the ways that he breeds confidence for it, you know, his own martial arts training and his own preparedness and so forth. And what he thinks about himself in order to put himself in that super fired up mindset. But what really spoke to me was the selflessness aspect of it. Because when I look at, at any interaction between two people, Right? Whenever you are going to spend any time with anybody, they deserve your best. They deserve your best. Right? I mean, think about it this way. As a parent, when you're with your children, you do your best to make sure you put your best foot forward with your children. A hundred percent. 
right? You don't go there to do anything. You don't spend the time with your kids to do anything less than your best. If you make a mistake, hopefully you acknowledge it and move right past it. But the same holds true for every area of our life. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the old Abraham Lincoln quote of whatever you are, be a good one. To me, this is a very similar mindset. This is a very similar idea that whoever you're spending time with, whoever you're displaying your effort towards, they deserve your best. I'll relate this back to myself for a moment. Let's say that I had the longest, craziest day of my life leading in to my night of classes. If I was super stressed out, if there was a million things going on at home, if I didn't have everything set up the way that it should have been, all of these type of things. If everything was going wrong, leading into my day of classes, the people on the mat, my students, they still deserve my best. They still do. Right? Not that they don't care, but why should my crummy day why should other things going wrong? Why should that affect the version of me that they get? They didn't cause it, right? Even if one of their parents was my pain in the ne- was the pain in the neck that drove me crazy that day, that took me over to that negative edge. It's not like all the kids made that happen. One kid, one kid made that happen, or one parent made that happen. So why would I take it out on all the kids? It's not fair. It's not right. No matter what, when I step out on the mat, like it's kind of funny. You know, people think about uh, I forget what football team team famously has it in their locker room above the door. Play like champions. Whenever I walk out of my office door, I kind of think the same way. I think teach like a champion. You know, I, I I think of trying to be the best instructor that I can, because whoever's on the mat deserves my best. And even if I'm not feeling a hundred percent. They still deserve the absolute best I can give them that day. Even if it may not be my absolute best, it's the best I can give them that day. And that's what matters. Now, similarly, this holds true for everything you're going to do. Even if you're going to go and do things for yourself, you deserve your best. One thing I've been saying to the kids in, in my class quite a bit recently is, if it's not your best, I'm not interested in it. And it's an important mindset because the kids shouldn't be interested in it either. The kids really don't want to give me less than their best either. They want their best. They want to be the best kid in the class. They want to be the best version of themselves. And even as adults who are probably listening to this right now, we should think the same kind of way. Whatever we do, we should do it the best it can be done, especially when it involves other people. right? I mean, think about it. If you're going to go to work, and you're going to work for somebody, or you're going to work for your clients or whoever, they deserve your best. Whoever you're doing that work for, right? whether it's you work for somebody else, you have a boss, okay, they deserve your best. Whether you, If you work for yourself and you have clients, they deserve your best. Again, if you had a crummy day, if you fought with your, with your significant other, if one of your kids is driving you crazy, that's not the fault of your customers and your, or your boss. Right? That, they still deserve you best. Even if your boss drove you crazy that day. Your coworkers, the other people that you're with, they deserve you best. The clients who will eventually be getting the end result of the work, they deserve you best. Right? If 
if it was one of your clients that aggravated you, the other clients still deserve your best. You can't control everything, but you can control the effort that you put in. You know, one of the things that I was talking about as I was talking to uh, some people about the fights is, you know, you can't worry about what your opponent's going to do. You can't worry about, you know, their training or so forth. But what you can worry about is what you do. Your effort is the part you can control. So to me, that's the part to focus on. If we do that, imagine how good the results will be. It'd be unbelievable. Now here's the thing. The same thing is true when it's you. I know I touched on this a second ago, but I really want to finish this thought, that even when you're doing things that are only for you, you still deserve your best, right? Like, I know that I'm like every other human being and that there are some days when I'm getting up to exercise, whether I'm going to my training or I'm, you know, going to, uh, I'm using some of this, the equipment that I have here in the house or I'm taking a run or whatever. Whatever I do, whatever I'm doing, I deserve my best, my health, my wellness, right? I deserve my best, right? When I think about it that way, most of the thing we think about is health and wellness when we think about things for ourselves, but even projects around our house, right? If you're going to do something around your house, you deserve to do it the best that you possibly can, right? It's funny, there's, there's like one project in my house that Mr. Sensei and I tackled a couple of years ago, and um, we're really proud of it. Um, not important what it is, but um, there's one small piece of it that was the first piece that we did that's just slightly off. And no one notices, but she and I notice, and it drives us crazy. Why? Because we deserve our best. And that was the first step we did, so it wasn't, at our, it wasn't that, that our best yet. But once we had done that step several more times, then it was at our best. And you can see the results as you look further on in the project. But nonetheless, again, we deserve our best. Now, like I said, exercise is an easy thing to wrap our head around with deserving your best. But here's the other thing. Here's the ancillary benefits you have to look at when you're thinking about working out at your hardest or pushing yourself to be your best in your workout. Who else does that affect? Because the, the, the full circle moment or full circle thought in what I've spoken about today is everything wraps around to everybody in your universe. Your work, putting 100% effort into your work doing the absolute best that you can, being your best you, being, realizing that, you, that at work, everybody there deserves the best version of you, that pays off for you in the long run too. Because obviously that, that's something that's recognized. Those are the people that are moved up the ladder. Those are the people who are given recognition in all sorts of different ways. So yes, you're putting in your best effort for your boss, your coworkers, and your clients, but it's going to pay off for you in the end too. Conversely, on the other end of the coin, when you're t doing the things to take care of yourself, let's just, I guess, again, stay with the idea of exercise. When you're exercising for you at your absolute best, when you're doing that and you're keeping yourself in the best possible health, think about what that does for you in terms of your endorphins, in terms of your mindset, most importantly, in terms of your health and wellness. You being the most fit and healthy version of yourself benefits everybody else that you're around. <clears throat> Excuse me, your family, your, <clears throat> your friends, your coworker, whomever. They all get the same benefit. 
they all get uh, they all get benefits from you putting in the best effort to take care of yourself. Which is why, again, you deserve the best version of you. So as you're approaching this week, think about the selfness, the selflessness that Drew Park talked about, and how the fighters in the ring deserved his absolute best. And how, you know whatever he did to gear himself up to that—that's his short his story to tell, not mine. But the message is still the same. Whoever you're doing it for, if you're doing it for somebody else or you're doing it for yourself, that person deserves your best. So take the time, take the week, and this week make sure that whatever you do, you're putting your very best into it. Because think of all the people your actions will affect and realize those people, they deserve your best. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm Sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tigershulmansmithtown. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at tsmma underscore smithtown. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Sensei's Weekly Mindset. You can find more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. Please make sure wherever you're listening, you leave me the rate and the review that I ask for every week. Make sure that you guys subscribe, get your new episode every Wednesday. But most importantly, please make sure that you share the podcast, because who doesn't need a little more positivity in their life? And if I can be that, I'm happy to do it. Beyond that, my friends, invest in yourselves. I'll see you guys on the mat.